on today's episode of Shooting the Breeze. Your local weather authority, along with the rest of central Illinois, is done digging out of the big Groundhog Day winter storm. We're going to take a look back at that winter storm, amongst other things, in our first podcast since the start of the new year. So let's sit back, relax, and let's shoot the breeze with your local weather authority. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and good night, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. I'm your local weather authority chief meteorologist, Chris Yates, joined by meteorologist Molly Naisland. Hello, we're and back. And meteorologist Adam Sherwinski. Man, you were hot out of the gates coming out with that intro there. He was also hot on That's that mic check, too. Yeah, that is all I've got right now. Just speed? That's it. That's all I got for the rest of the show. Uh, Thanks oh. for coming, guys. Yep, that was, that was <laughs> whole podcast. Great job. Yeah, and so... Uh, I spent 30 minutes trying to figure out how to do this again. It's been a while. Yeah, you know, we got to get back into the swing of things. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, the first month uh, there. We uh, were just, you know, things going crazy. So we took a little break, but it's great to be back in the studio. Yeah. I'm sure folks in the newsroom will be frustrated when they come back here to record the story and they realize we've taken over again. <laughs> rightfully <laughs> we've rightfully taken our place. We've taken our spots back. Uh, all right. Well, before we get to the exciting winter storm that we just all lived through, if you're Yay. a snow lover, you loved it. If you were not a snow lover, you dreaded it. If you got stuck somewhere, ended up in the ditch somewhere, you hated it. Um, but uh, we'll we'll kind of talk about that because in itself, you know, it's a once in a decade event. And uh, but before we get to it, let's go ahead and send it over to meteorologist Adam Sherwinski with weather in history. History. This is from This Day in Weather History, a great Facebook page you can follow. They have plenty of content every single day, and you'll be surprised. There's usually a big weather event that happened on this specific day every day, and they're pretty interesting events. Let's start off in Canada, or I guess roughly around Canada. February 4th, 1912, three people died when an ice bridge at Niagara Falls broke free. The ice was estimated to be 1,000 feet long, a quarter mile wide, and up to 80 feet thick. So wait, it was an ice bridge. Yes. Interesting. So February 3rd, 1917, let's take it down to Miami. Bitter cold temperatures invade Florida. They saw a low of 27 degrees, those poor alligators. Those iguanas falling out of the trees, man. Yeah, that's been going on too. February 3rd, 1844, Boston Harbor was so thick with ice. Correction, Boston Harbor. Oh, Harbor. Mm. There we go. Boston Harbor was so thick with ice on this date with a channel hot had to be cut through the ice for the Britannia ship to leave with 30,000 letters for England. It was... What a, wait, wait, wait. Hang on, <laughs> hang on a second. Going on? A bad, like I don't that. know if it was bad. It was like... British and not. It's what the Boston Tea Party probably sounded like in my head. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Well, it was wicked like crazy, it. okay? <laughs> Anyways, let's what get back to- What is this podcast off to a start <laughs> oh, with? We're having, we're having fun. We're That's making true. up lost time here. February 2nd, 2007, the first ever EF3 rating was given to two intense tornadoes that tore through the Florida Peninsula during the early morning of Groundhog Day. The pair killed a total of 21 people and combined another EF1 for the same cell, produced $200 million in damage. So yeah, we've got a lot going on. One last one, because I saw this was pretty interesting. Going back to Canada- 
January 3rd through February 8th, 1947, a 10-day blizzard buried towns and trains from Winnipeg to Calgary, causing some Saskatchewan roads and rail lines to remain plugged with snow until spring. Children stepped over power lines just to get to school. That's how high Ooh. the snow was. Crazy amounts. Wow, that's interesting. And I guess this is my last one because I thought this was interesting. January 30th, 1772, we're going way back. The Washington and Jefferson snowstorm occurred. George Washington reported three feet of snow at Mount Vernon, and Thomas Jefferson recorded three feet at Monticello. When the storm ended on the 30th, Jefferson wrote, The deepest snow we have ever seen. I am assuming they probably got some snow banks here and there, but... Either way, it's pretty interesting to see that our founding fathers were also taking the time to record weather at their homes. They were fascinated, but... Uh, yeah, I, were, as Storm Kings, man. They talk about how Brent, Ben Franklin's one of the first storm chasers. Yep. I mean, the dude did fly a kite in a thunderstorm, didn't he? Yeah, and he yeah. rode horseback to go try and see a tornado. Yeah, that would be frowned upon in today's yeah today's society. First, how are you going to pay for a horse? I can see getting a car, but a horse is expensive, man. It is. And also, a horse... He has to stop and get something to eat. Yeah. Also might be like, hey, let's not go that way. Yeah. Uh, well, so, I'm glad you guys all dug out. We did. We made it all safely. We did. You guys had the brunt of the work. I was at home. <laughs> After Tuesday night, I just stayed home. Yeah, you did. But you did ask to... He's like, do you want me to come in? I'm like, no. Just. I mean, I was up. I was like, I'm just going to wait and see if they called. Never called. And I was the like, worst thing right. I would have ever asked you to do would have been, hey... Shoot me some video from your apartment and <laughs> send it into the station. But I mean, I mean, no I was, point in you bringing out in that yuckiness. I was fully prepared to walk in Wednesday morning to see Chris Yates dug in like a tick with all of the snow stuff. Yeah, they and did I, get me a. They got me a hotel nearby because I told them I was like I'm probably going to stay at the station. They're like, oh, we'll get you a hotel nearby, but only for my car to not. I can't get my car out of the hotel parking lot. So. <laughs> womp womp. Womp womp. But at least you got a bed, a nice warm bed. It was sleep. nice. I was very grateful uh, to our new GM, Sean Newell, uh, yeah. for getting all that, and Wayne um, in sales for getting all that set up for me. So it was it was, it was was very much appreciated. And uh, the bed was not bad. You know, sometimes with hotels, it's, uh, it's hit or miss on the beds. Uh, uh, I'm not going to tell you the brand, uh, the place I stayed at, um, but I uh, the bed was nice. Yeah. So I appreciate it. And the service was good. All right, uh, let's talk about this snow. Uh, one that I think we could chalk up to probably something that happens maybe once a decade yeah. on average. Um, uh, so we had, of course, snow started falling on the 1st. Uh, Peoria uh, picking up uh, about 2.4 inches um, that day. And all of that fell between basically 7 and midnight. Uh, it started off as, uh, as some rain. And then we had that transition between 7 and 7.30. I was in that transition. Yes, you were. <laughs> you experienced firsthand. Oh, yeah. We were getting pizza, and I could already was like, ah, it's starting to slush up here. Yeah, it did not take long for it to stick to the pavement. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, you know, when people go out during the day, I have these big storms, and it's 50 degrees, right? Now, to me, that was common in Colorado and Wyoming. Out here, that's not very no. – we don't see that very often. But you can just st- – Feel the moisture in the air. There was a lot of moisture. It was warm. It was muggy. It reminded me of the early, early spring system. Yes. Like, with severe weather, but except with snow this time. Yep. Instead of warm advection and destabilization, you get cold advection and everything turning to snow. Uh, but you did, and it those temperatures dropped like a rock. Uh, we had that transition, and then we picked up about 2.4 inches of snow um, between 7 and midnight. And then the real heavy stuff started to move in after midnight. Um, we had... Uh, Cold front come in from Canada earlier in the day, 
temperatures just continue to cold uh, drop behind it. And there's a process called phronogenesis where the temperature gradient starts to tighten up. And when that happens, you can get uh, you get a lot more lift and, and you get a lot more heavier precip. So your precip rates tend to tend to start to increase. And that was developing after midnight. And then so we had those one to two inch uh, snowfall rates per hour. And I'm sure Molly was driving right through it. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> uh, I was, and I was very fortunate that I didn't have a lot of issue getting to or from work. Uh, however, you all know what my thoughts on snow are in general. So wasn't, you love it. I oh, love, it, love so it so much. It wasn't <laughs> super. Th- and then of course, sitting in the, in the studio and just kind of watching it all the whole time. Like, okay, that's, we're good. That we could stop now. We could st- no. It's enough no. snow. It's it. That's enough. I like. I mean, look. It, I think I love what it looks like after snow. I'm excited to go play in the snow with my kids this weekend. Um, it's so. the it's the it's the during part. But it's for the, me. it's the driving. I hate. I I hate that. I love snow, but I hate driving in it as much as the next person. It was a lot more fun when I was a kid. And just really didn't. I think that's what all snow, snow haters. Because when I was a kid, I was excited for and snow. Even when I was a young adult, when I was uh, just learning to drive in yeah. snow, I would go do donuts in empty parking lots, which I know is probably frowned upon by law enforcement. But honestly, it is the best way to learn how to to get to learn how to control yourself when you get into a skid. I don't know how many times I started to fishtail and I pulled myself out of it because I did donuts in an empty mall parking lot during the snowstorm. We won't special spe- no. special spe- Specify. Specify. Is that the word you're looking for? Is that the show me specify? (laughs) Guys, I'm just going to go take a nap now. It's fine. Specify. Uh, Again, I'm not encouraging that behavior, but it helped me out. (laughs) I think mine was just growing up in an area that uh, got a lot of snow when there wasn't a big snow system. We've got snow pretty much guaranteed. I grew up in California. Snow is not really a thing, at least where I was at. I mean, it did in the mountains, but. So when I got to college in Colorado, I was like, all right, I got to learn how to drive in this. And so snow belt, baby. The, this is the car that I have now is the first car that I've ever had that has all wheel drive. So uh, I learned mm-hmm. how to drive with just two wheels. So now I'm at the point where if I slide, I'm like, eh, well, yep, okay. All wheel drive is good. You still can't stop, but all wheel drive does not mean all wheel stop. No, it does not. It, uh, it means all wheel drive. I got you first can go forward. experience of that today. <laughs> Uh, so uh, snow continued though as we uh, went in through uh, what was it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday into Wednesday. And so we picked up eight point two, eight point two inches of snow. I'm trying to remember here on on Wednesday that did set a daily snowfall record for February second for Peoria. We broke the previous record. I'm not a big fan of daily records. It's not to be honest. You get a good heavy rain or heavy snow. It's not hard to to break a daily rainfall uh, precip record. Uh, but we did. We set one, um, and eight-inch snows. In fact, snows over six or inches are not very common anyway. If I did my math correctly, one day snow falls over six inches. We average that maybe once every five years. That's so, um, I, my math could be slightly wrong there, but that was the it. That was roughly it. Um, then um, you look at. We this one in particular getting over eight inches, so it's even less common. And then getting over a three-day span, um, getting as much as we ended up with, which in Peoria was 10.6 officially. Now, we did have some reports of 12, and a lot of those, I think, came in on the north side of town, uh, where basically there's a lot of 
fields, right? A lot of empty rural area. And so if you happen to live on the north side of town in your neighborhood is the first real tall objects <laughs> that <clears throat> blocks the wind, you're going to end up with more snow because you're getting snow that's blowing in from all those fields. And so your yards end up with a lot more. So it's not uncommon for, especially when you have a north wind, if your community is on that side of town, you're going to end up with more than, say, a few neighborhoods down south. Um, but so, but they varied from 10 to 12 inches throughout Peoria, I think was fairly commonplace. Um, let me get some of these other snowfall reports. Uh, snow did, by the way, continue into Thursday um, for areas mainly along Interstate 55, and we had a few more inches of snow reported there. Uh, normal, there's a co-op reporting site there. They picked up four and a half inches on Wednesday and four and a half inches on Thursday. So the total there was nine, but we had a lot of reports still around a foot in mm -hmm. Bloomington normal. Um, uh, daily snowfall record set in normal as well. Uh, top report came in from Lewiston or Lewistown, depending on how you prefer to pronounce it. 14.4 inches of snow. Wowzers. Yep. That's a lot. Uh, also had a viewer report uh, from Minunk at 13. Uh, Eureka in 13. Uh, Downs, 12.3. Uh, the Northwest Peoria report, 12.1. Peaking, we got you, 12 inches there. Although the amounts range depending on the sites, again, between 9 and 12 inches uh, down in Pekin. Uh, Bloomington, 12, but we uh, had reports as low as 10 in Bloomington normal, or Bloomington versus normal. Uh, Canton, uh, 12 inches per viewer. I got a picture of him uh, measuring the uh, some snow on an open table. Uh, there were some reports, though, that as low as 9.5. So, again, there's a reason we forecast in ranges. 8 to 12 was the call for a lot of areas. Canton uh, was actually, we forecast 7 to 11. So they, if you take the 12-inch report, which I am, uh, they overachieved our expectations. Uh, Metamora, Creefcore, Saybrook, which is in McLean County, all around 12 inches. There's a unofficial report from family that I have in Lexington that got 14 inches. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And that, you know, there seems to be a pocket there. Yeah. Uh, that Northwest McLean, uh, Eastern Woodford County area. I think we got some 12 to 14 inch totals up there. That That's not surprising. Uh, that That's why I, you know, when, when I had these viewers cut telling me that they got some more in Eureka and me not, I was like, you know what? That's believable given what I'm seeing from other people. Yeah. Uh, we do tend to get a lot of reports that we will roll our eyes at or are cautious to report as because if it's if it's significantly higher or less than the surrounding reports, I just tend to we're going to chalk it up as as it's it it's probably not accurate. That doesn't mean they the measurement the measurement was wrong. It's just when you have especially when you have wind, um, it's hard to get a good gauge. And it, when I look at Coco Ross reports. Uh, from other volunteers, some people who live out in open areas just fly out to tell you, like, I'm just guessing because I have there's no way for me to know how much snow has actually fallen because it's all drifted and blowing. And, um, but uh, uh, other reports here uh, Dunlap 11, East Peoria, Roanoke 11, uh, National Weather Service office, I believe, ended up at 11, uh, Beardstown 11. Can't confirm. I talked to Ed Shimon at the National Weather Service. Did he confirm bit. 11? I think, yeah. If, right. I can, if I can recall, yeah. It was around there. I didn't know if they added any more. Uh, we've got uh, Mackinac, 10 inches. So a lot of double-digit totals here. Roanoke, uh, 10 inches as well. And then you get out to Yates City, 9.2. Uh, 
And uh, some of the lower reports, uh, Bureau County, 4.3 in Princeton. Uh, Kiwani overachieved what I picked up more than I thought they would. They had 5.5. And Galesburg, 6. So, yeah, uh, pretty good snow. And it's one that impacted, you know, it was a huge swath. Uh, this was the first time, I believe, the Weather Service stated at some point in their discussion, in their forecast discussion, this was the first time um, that they had issued a winter storm warning for all 35 of their counties. Whew. So that's impressive. Um, so, again, not something that happens often, uh, but it happened this time. I think what people need to take away is, as you mentioned, it's a, such a wide swath, too. You know, when we get yeah. sometimes we'll get systems – they give they dump a lot of snow, sometimes more than this, but they don't usually take up the space that this one. I mean, this one took up all the way from parts of northern Illinois all the way down, as we mentioned, Kiwani and yep. uh, spaces like that, all the way down to, gosh, southern parts of Indiana, I guess. That's a wide swath to begin with. So, yep. And then to think it, it could have been even worse mm-hmm. uh, because um, earlier on in forecasting this event, uh, mainly towards the end of the week, of last week when we were really starting to, to dive into the details of this and it was becoming apparent confidence was increasing that hey we're going to get a significant storm um but you know we're starting to figure out okay is it going to be snow is it going to be sleet or is it going to be rain or a combi- uh, freezing rain or a combination of the three and there was a time there where it was looking like um that we could at least end up with a half inch to an inch of ice in parts of central illinois before the heavy snow arrived. And so that, um, I mean, I didn't mention that on air because at the time there's just no confidence in that forecast. And, I'm, you know, it's a good thing I didn't call for that on Friday because that never happened, right? So there's a reason why we don't, <laughs> we don't give out those things because, uh, but for a good period of time, there was a, the models were very consistent and say, hey, freezing rain, freezing rain, freezing rain. And we're like, well, wait on it. Yeah, um, I But remember, it, it was pretty significant. I remember when I was doing the weekend, I mean, after that Friday, I was mm-hmm. like, Possibility. I mean, you could get a little bit of everything, but I didn't say give any details. I'm like, it's too early to give details yeah. on the storm, but I'm just saying that this is what has been shown is that a little bit of everything is possible. And we got two of the three things that were really possible. I mean, we got rain and then we got yep. rain to snow. And there was, a, again, there was a couple hours. We did say there's a, there would be a transition period in the Twin Cities for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, Eastern Woodford, Eastern Tazewell, and Western McLean County in particular did experience a period of sleet or a wintry mix for a couple hours. And that put a layer of ice down below the snow but um not enough to where we were going to be concerned that you get you know a quarter of an inch to a half inch of ice and then you get this wet heavy snow on top of it and i mean once that happens that now you're looking at catastrophic uh impacts damage to to structure uh power line structures Uh, i know we had that gas station canopy collapse in germantown hills uh due to the snow load Again, I didn't expect snow load to be a big issue from this because of the wind blowing things around, but we did see that there was just enough snow and weight for that to happen uh, there. Imagine if there was ice beforehand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, So uh, the storm could have been a lot worse, and I I think um, we fared out, you know, it was mainly a hazardous travel issue. Once it became apparent that the ice concerns were not going to be as widespread or as significant, um, it was just just driving through everything and – uh, trying to keep people off the roads. I know uh, there were closures on 74, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we had some in Peoria where uh, they were trying to get people were getting stuck in downtown there, going up the little hill, coming off, uh, going westbound. Um, and then there were um, a lot of closures, I believe, between uh, 
Bloomington and Champaign, if I'm not mistaken. Um, there was a lot of closures. I mean, it's just south of us, but 72, Springfield, yeah. to Decatur, Champaign. But U of I still played. They played back. They played their game in, Jim- <laughs> in Urbana. They got to play. Champaign Urbana play. got to. Who were they playing? Uh, they played Wisconsin. Wisconsin came down early. It came down early. Okay. That's what. The, that's how they got everyone there. My right. uncle was at the game, and he said there was still a lot of people that went out. And yeah, there the was. Game, which I was shocked at. That's but. a little. That's the only. I think that's something that maybe event organizers. Now, look, I don't organize these events. I don't know what's at stake. Um, but you do got to consider people traveling to your games. And, and they mentioned uh, on their Facebook page, they were like, hey, I, we know a lot of people can't make it, but try to give it to people who can make it, you know, yeah. give the tickets away or sell, sell hey, them. A lot somebody. of them may have been you students know. too, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, some people are already on campus. I mean, if you're already, already on campus, what's hoofing it over to the to the, uh, to the gym for a good game? Yeah. Yeah. But makes it, sense. Good game. And, uh, yeah, there was uh, – I think really what I, from what I understand, and I might be wrong on this, and you can back me up if I'm wrong, but I know that my uncle – who lives? Who works at, at Urbana School Districts? I mean, he was. I think they had more of an impact, more so Thursday, than we did. So that's why they kept getting more of a dump on the snow yeah. there. So I think that's when they because they called off school on Thursday there. Yeah. Wednesday? Did they play Wednesday night? Played Wednesday night. Yeah. That, the impacts down there were not as bad. Yeah. Yet. That yeah. speaks to how like what the speed of this system was. Yeah. We started our snowfall. Tuesday night. Tuesday. Tuesday night. They didn't start until later on Wednesday, and they continued seeing snow through Thursday morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My uncle was like, oh, they're still doing snow coverage at WCIA, our sister station. And I was like, yeah, we haven't had snow in the last 12, over 12 hours, so I think we're all right. Yeah, we're good. They can they can have they can it. Have it yeah. Yep, yep. It's a long duration, uh, slow moving. A couple different mechanisms, by the way, for snowfall. Um, you had the uh, overrunning which is where you got warm air moving over cold uh, air near the surface. Uh, those tend to be prolonged uh, periods of snow, and it can really add up. Uh, typically, um, those events, they tend to be light to moderate, but when you have very good cold advection coming in beneath it, then you really get, those, you get the snowfall rates uh, popping up. Uh, in addition to that, we had great dynamics in terms of jet stream placement. Um, so the jet stream was oriented, without getting into the weeds here, but the jet stream was oriented in such a way where we had extra lift. And so there was a lot of vertical motion going up through the atmosphere, and it was going through an area where the temperature range is ideal for snowflakes to grow. Uh, that range is called the dendritic growth zone. So when, temp- when you get a lot of lift through that layer and that layer is saturated, you get a lot of snowflakes developing. And the process, that happening over a prolonged period of time, now you're looking at very heavy snow. So it's interesting to watch. Uh, I know this is kind of off topic, but like the process and the way we get storms is. I mean, there's there's some mechanics that are still somewhere across the board, but the mechanics to make heavy snowstorms or heavy snow period, in some cases, are like slightly altered or different mm-hmm. when it comes to what we see in the spring and summertime. Yeah, out here it's um, a lot of it's geographic, right? Uh, so like when I would be forecasting out west in Colorado, a lot of it had to do with. Um, Upslope winds, uh, wind direction moving, uh, moving air up, forcing air to rise that way. Or a graphic lift, right? Or a graphic lift, um, and then the setup of barrier jets, where basically the wind hits the mountains and then turns south, and so you've got this little mini jet streak sliding down the side of the mountain. That's then creating additional lift, which then creates heavier snow bands. Again, the mountains are fun to forecast. I, I still think we should do a whole podcast of just, <laughs> just you talking about mountain forecasting because mountain forecasting sounds 
scary to me. We can just it's have fun. the the ambient sound of Adam and I taking furious notes while you're talking <laughs> scribble, about scribble, it. Scribble, 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 scribble. You have never busted a forecast until you have busted a forecast in the Rockies. That's all, hey, <laughs> that's that's what I hear from a lot of meteorologists. Like, yeah, the Rockies. I hate them just because mm-hmm. it makes it. It's interesting, but it makes our forecasting so hard. It's like, why did the forecast bust? Well, uh, I was expecting a Mountains. northeasterly wind, and instead it came out of the north. So the entire forecast was garbage after that. Mountains, ladies and gentlemen. That is what you see. These <laughs> they big mountains too. They big mountains too. Fourteen thousand feet higher. Woo! That's a doozy. That is a doozy. Anyway, well, we got some subtle elevation changes here. Uh, River Valley. River Valley, mm-hmm. and then you got uh, out near Bloomington. They're actually a couple hundred feet higher than Peoria. They're uh, they're par- they're on a moraine, aren't they? Yep, okay, glacial moraine, which is why they're probably a little windier. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at on that. That's the mill windmills. Yep, there's a good place for the wind turbines to be. Mm-hmm. It's a little windy. Um, but uh, looking ahead at the forecast, um, and and uh, I know Adam, you did a story on this. Or you're doing a story on this today. The snow drought. Um, you want to. You met with Ed Shimon or talked with Ed Shimon from the National yep. Weather Service. Uh, what did he say about the snow drought? Uh, basically, he said that this cuts into a lot of it, puts us back on par in some lo- locations. Uh, the places that had some, there's still some spots that were really deep into the snow drought, so they still have a snow drought, but it really took a dent in that, which helped. And I think for us, if I'm wrong, if I'm, I might be wrong with this, but I'm, I, I did, I, it's been a blur since I've talked to Ed today. Lots been happening in the newsroom. Um, but I think he said we're back on par, if not above, yeah. ahead of schedule. Or Peoria above. is actually above average right now. Yeah, so we're right up just yeah. above where we need to be for this time of year. But he also mentioned that we're getting to a point where it's like once we get to the end of February, March, April, our chances of seeing monthly snowfall, like the amounts, go down. Go down a lot, yeah. Yeah. Not that we can't, and he said not that we can't get good snowfall in March. In April. Like in April, but it's Your not. Your chances are lower. Yeah. Once, yeah. I, I usually don't count out snow in the forecast. Like, it doesn't surprise me. Until we get to about late May, then at that point I'm like, ah, snow's probably not going to happen. But very unlikely. I've seen point. it in May. It it's, does happen. It's, it's I've very seen it. rare. Not a lot, but I've seen some snow. It's very rare. Um, but yeah, so boy, yeah, once we do get, and then the other thing is, once you get into March, you got to con- deal with the higher sun angles, and so when you do see snow, it's harder for it to stick because mm-hmm. your sun angle is higher, so you're getting a lot more solar uh, radiation reaching the ground, which heats up the ground and makes it you know it's it's a bit more of a challenge to accumulate and we do our slow transition into severe season well we can only hope it's slow sometimes it's like a light switch <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey last week we were talking about a foot of snow and now we've got tornadoes in the yeah. forecast yeah so it went from like 30 to 60 in like two days that's always fun that's scary uh good news is not a lot of snow at least in the immediate forecast there are some uh we're kind of back into a clipper ish type pattern yeah right now. i saw that this morning uh so we're gonna have a couple of different clippers coming through um Ooh. over the next week or so uh for instance there's one coming in this afternoon as of recording this podcast uh, not that anybody at home would just they're probably listening to this afterwards but um uh, that could generate some flurries or light snow showers and a couple more uh, but maybe something a little more organized, you know, in the, by the end of next week. We'll see. The weather pattern is still looking, is still active. We're just not talking these panhandle hooks. Which I, I talked to, to James about. James yep. about said, and did a story about it. He's like, that's the ones you want to get for a good yep. snowstorm. And, and look what happened. Look what happened. We once spoke we, into a d- existence. Once we saw, the, and there's, there were some pattern recognitions, and I think James knew it, too. Yeah, he, he mentioned w- a little bit about it. it there were... Uh, you could see the signs the pattern was going to switch. Now it's just a matter: does it track the right way? Does it track far enough south? Mm-hmm. 
and not too does it track close enough, but not too far north or south to really give us a good snow. And it and it, I mean, it hit us right dead on. Boom. Unfortunately. So, unfortunately, or fortunately, <laughs> if you're a snow lover. Yeah, if you enjoy the snow. Uh, I'm not sick of it yet. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask. Chris, yeah, the point I'm not, I'm not sick of it yet. Nope. Well, because last, okay. last year we got all these systems that came through that just like every weekend seemed like another storm system. Yeah. And it wasn't major amounts. But it was were, fatigue. It at was that fatigue point. at that yeah. point. Here, I'm not, I haven't reached We've that gotten yet. the breaks. And I don't okay. think we've had a lot of snow, no. big snow events yet. We've had about two, three, four, five. No, four. Four, three. I don't know. Numbers. I'm throwing numbers out. How many snow events have we had that's like, oh, that's worth talking about? Accumulations, uh, three or four. Yeah, three. There you I was go. Just three or four. Now the important question. Yeah. You might not be tired of snow. Shoveling. Well, so here's the thing. My I have awesome neighbors, and um, while I was snowed in here in Peoria, and uh, I was not able to go shovel, I was going to shovel when I got back home, whenever that was going to be. Uh, but we have awesome neighbors that uh, a one brought over some great treats. The other, and then the others on the other side decided to. And help out and shovel our Aww. sidewalk and, and nice. driveway. I, my wife was going to do it, but she has back issues sometimes, and so she sneezes wrong. Her back will get all out of alignment. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, "Don't you dare pick up that shovel!" <laughs> and I said, "I'll just do it when I get home. I'll, I'll whenever that is." Uh, but the neighbors came over and took care of it. So we got awesome neighbors, and I'm very thankful for them I for doing that. Didn't mind digging out our coworkers because I. I did a few. Didn't mind doing that. Did you hurt yourself? No. Oh, good. Which is surprising because it's me. <laughs> um, but I was not a fan of digging out my front steps and having the snow drift back over on oh, my yeah. sidewalk. Yeah, that's that's annoying. That's the part. It's like, oh, yeah, I got, oh, there, oh, okay, well. Well, hey, you know what? Uh, another point here. Um. And I posted this on my Facebook page. Um, it's not something we think about here too often, but given that we had a big snow, uh, go and check your exhaust vents for your heaters uh, or for your furnaces and for your dryers around your property. Mm-hmm. Uh, clear out all the snow. Even if you're like, well, there's, I never get snow there. Um, you know, it's sheltered, but y- you end up with a drift. And I know I had, you know, I checked mine, and sure enough, there was a big drift blocking my dryer vent. Uh, so just go and shovel it away. Of uh, you also uh, mentioned, uh, you know, even the uh, the gas meters. And if you want to be nice to your gas meter checker guy, I don't know when they come by. Uh, shovel out a little path so they can get back there. Shovel out a little path for your uh, UPS people too. Especially yep. if you're getting Amazon packages. Yeah, yeah, if you're. That's why that my wife felt bad because we had packages being delivered, um, and the, our delivery people had a hoof it through it but i'm like if you don't hurt yourself (laughs) but uh yeah just just some things to keep in mind but the dryer vent you know a that's not good because you can't exhaust whatever fumes are especially you have a gas dryer Um, but your furnace um, and whatever intake where if you have an intake vent that's nearby if it can't if air can't get to it and the air can't get out the air can't get to it you're going to kill your furnace if the air can't get out, then you got a carbon monoxide poisoning issue mm-hmm. into your home. Uh, so just some things to, to keep in mind. It, it's not something that would come. We wouldn't think of that around here. It's just th- these type of snows are not common enough, but just something to consider. So, well, Any, guys. Anything else? I don't know. Uh, 500-mile-long lightning bolt 
record was set oh, back yeah. in 2020. I saw that. Where? It, it went across. I think I vaguely remember this. It went across part of Texas, Louis, Mississippi, Louisiana. Yeah, it would have to be Louisiana because Louisiana is in between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not. It was almost 500 I'm, miles long. I'm curious. How do you record that? So it was um, because technology is always advancing. Technology's fun. Uh, it was uh, satellite data where they were able to look at the lightning, and it was one continuous flash, and it went across three states, and it lasted a lot longer than your standard lightning flash lasts. Was it a kind of spider type? Yes, I think so. Anvil crawlers, right? They're also called anvil crawlers? Yes. Yeah. Now, there's no good way uh, to uh, to avoid something like that. I mean, when thunder roars go indoors... That's only good for about 20 miles. <laughs> so, but, I mean, you're not going to hold off an event for a thunderstorm 500 miles away, but weird things happen. Well, it looked like... 500 miles is crazy. You know, and it was back in uh, 2020, and I can, and it was in the south, so I could only imagine that it was part of one of their massive thunderstorm systems that they get every year, and they measured it in the clouds, so... Oh, yeah, that's right. We're getting close to uh, Dixie Alley season. That is true. We Next are. Next couple weeks. You got any... They actually had one... Um, they had one during this storm. They yeah, did. They this did. storm did spawn some severe weather down there. All right. You guys ready to call it a night? Or Should we a do night? A my, yeah. night? My day's just starting. Hey, you know... <laughs> I mean, if you want to send me home, Chris, I'm fine with that. <laughs> hey, this is my night, so... Ugh. Middle of the day. All right. Smack dab. Well, hey, I've got a... Corny weather joke. Oh, we've, perfect. We've got to leave a. We got to leave with a corny weather of joke. Of course. All right. Does it actually involve corn? No, but you know what? I'll work on that for next week. How about there that? Go. There you go. All right. This is a kind of a. This one's too easy, and but whatever. It's related to snow. It's Friday. It's been a long week. <laughs> we might as well aim for. The fact that words are coming out of my mouth right now is progress. Let's just. Uh, words are not out of my. You heard me try to say specific. I, there you go. I nailed it. I literally said, I think last night on air. So, I've been yes, there. I went, I've been there. They're like, and then our control room actually thought I said something like inappropriate. <laughs> like, I so, I've been there. I've been I'm there, like, Chris. Mm. All right. Well, hey, let's finish this off uh, strong with a very corny weather joke. Where do snowmen keep their money? Uh... In a snowbank. <laughs> <laughs>